Enough games, boy. You think a pack of children can... Wait, what? You will beg for mercy as I feast on your heart. Slow. Are you making some of my big evil guy's speech right now or something? You're like a mile away from me right now. There's cars and trucks. I will have the world eating out of the palm of my hand. All I see is mouth moving. I don't hear anything. Only I have the power to unleash. Oh, whatever, screw it. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. <laughs> What a fun way to watch this movie. Oh, my God. I mean, not only are we watching arguably the best DC Cinematic Universe movie, personally my favorite if I had to pick one, but we did something special, and instead of watching it on the couch like we usually would, we set up a projector on our deck, and we just projected it straight into the side of our house. And we had some friends over, shout out to Rigel and Emily, that had never seen it, so it was fun. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, highly recommend uh, whatever we, we wound up getting gifted, a little, like, plug-in portable projector, uh, and it's a super fun time. Highly recommend it if you want a different movie-watching experience. Um, so, yeah, what, like, what better way? What a great time. And, of course... Shazam is just a good time in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I had kind of forgotten some of the finer plot things. So that was fun. Like some things I'd forgotten. Um, so it was like, oh, that's a surprise. Like yeah, his dad being alive. <laughs> we've only seen this one once. Um, and yeah, there were there were a lot of things that I had forgotten. But the general tone is just something that I did remember and really enjoyed seeing again. Um, kind of a, a Christmas time movie, not really in the, uh, I don't think anyone would really consider this a Christmas movie, but it has that kind of wintry feel to it. It takes place at Christmas. Yeah. Philly in the wintertime. It's as Christmassy as Die Hard. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, as you all know, we've been making our way through the DC movies and, you know, a lot of these have been the Zack Snyder-esque kind of grim slogs, if you will. We've picked them apart a lot. But it's kind of shocking that um, this movie, directed by David F. Sandberg, who is known for doing horror movies like Annabelle Creation, was able to pull off something so family-friendly and I would say unique in the world of superhero movies. Um, it's just like like Aquaman having a horror director. I'm like, I don't know why it works so well, but it because does. Because horror and comedy are the same. Elaborate. This is not my thought. It's just that, like, there's, like, a rhythm to it, and there's, like, a... Not, like, a suspension of reality, but, like, kind of. It's, like, I think a lot of people use the same, like, tools when they're doing horror that they do with comedy. Hmm. I'm not the person to explain this concept, but I have heard it explained before i've just i've never heard i've never thought about it like that but it makes sense um because clearly this guy has a good grasp on it and not only that but this movie also has 
horror elements. And I'm guessing that that was in his favor that he could balance the two so well. Like this movie has like some really violent parts. Um, especially when Dr. Dr. Savannah, yeah, like six, the, the seven deadly sin creatures on the entire boardroom, which is when we first watched this, I was like, Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. It was pretty brutal. I do. I think the best part about this movie is they like flip the script a couple of times. Like you assume with the, or at least I did the pre the first scene in the beginning um, that this is going to be like our hero, this like kid who's like given this opportunity to be like the, what is it? The chosen one Mm -hmm. and isn't. And then we're like, Oh man, we feel so bad for him. Like his dad and brother are so mean to him. Yeah. Um, And then he ends up being the villain. Um, And then like with the foster family, assume that these are like creepy people and this is going to be a bad situation, but they're like literally the best. Yeah. And of course we had seen it before, even though we were a little fuzzy on the details, we were watching it with two people that had not seen it before. And we were like talking and, you know, as soon as the foster parents show up, um, our friend Emily is like, Oh, like I don't like them. And like, yeah. I was like, we thought the of course same didn't say thing. anything, but yeah, it's, you're you're being baited and then it turns out that it's there's no twist there it's exactly they are just genuinely good people which is like such a such a relief <laughs> cuz like all of those it that could have made um the overall tone of the movie would have been like really fucked over if they had like had some twist with the with the foster family and it would have like betrayed the whole like message of the movie too so I mean, and it's, like, heartfelt, obviously, like, the whole stuff with his mom and um, with, uh, what's his name's mom? Billy's mom. Mm-hmm. Like, that scene is heartbreaking, and then obviously, like, at the end, but um, where he gets, like, lost and uh, where I, like, forgot, like, what, I remember that his mom, like, basically just didn't want him, but I was, like, did she just take advantage of the fact that he got lost or was she always planning on leaving him? But then they explained it later. Yeah. I was really impressed with that through line when we first saw this and still am because it's just like a really just kind of like emotionally, I don't know what word I would use to describe it. It's just like, that's a, that's a real thing. It's like you, the, we don't see it through, her lens the first time we see it happen, we kind of see it how he remembers it as a four-year-old or whatever. And we don't have the context that his mom was 17 and was, you know, her life was kind of like a mess and still is. And seeing it again, like with like when, when Billy meets her and we see it happen again and her inflections are different and she's like clearly just like pissed off and like, Like there and Yeah. I, I think that was really, really effective. And I think that specifically this movie would have still been good if it was just him like getting to know his foster family and like accepting that as part of his life. But having this like kind of reality check with his mom is such an important part of like why I think uh, the story in this movie is like above average. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I mean, we have so many superheroes that are orphans, but this is, like, worse in some ways because yeah. she's, like, out there and just doesn't want him. Yeah. 
or okay. thinks that he's better off without her, I think would would be how she puts it. Right, which honestly, like, may be true, because it's... Well, now with this family, but yeah, that's a big that, roll of the dice. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, I know we're, we're jumping all over the place because I don't think either of us took very many notes. because we, we were, were having, enjoying the vibe. We were having too much fun. But let me say that not only do we have, like, a great cast of... All the kids are great, which is impressive. And then I think Mark Strong does a great job as the villain. But Zachary Levi also does, like, an amazing job playing adult Billy slash Shazam. I think doing that, like, emulation of, like, however old Billy's supposed to 14. be. Yeah. As an adult, he does a really good job with it. Almost 15. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a really good dynamic with the kid that plays Freddy. Yeah. So... I mean, that works so well. Freddy's the best. <laughs> the only thing with, like, the Shazam versus um, Billy thing is that, like, we meet Billy and he's so, like, sulky. Uh-huh. And then, like, Shazam is obviously, like, excited that he's now, like, Shazam. So, like, the temperaments are so different. And then when they're back in school, I'm like, man, Billy's such a fucking asshole. Like, oh, yeah. And then... um and I'm like, maybe him being his, like, full potential, he's a little bit nicer as Shazam. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just, like, I don't have to deal with all the other bullshit when I'm yeah. doing my Shazam thing. It's, yeah. Like, I don't think it's a flaw. I just think that there is a difference between. Definitely. Yeah, we don't really like see Zachary Levi do that sulky shit. I mean, except, like, when he's arguing with, with Freddy, but even then it's not. It's not the same. But the yeah, the actor vibe. that plays Freddy is so good. He reminds me actually of the, speaking of another like foster kid movie, um, the kid that plays August Rush. They kind of just look alike, not really in acting. I don't really remember that. I Yeah, I know I watched it with you, but. A great movie, everyone. <laughs> um, great music. Um, but. Yeah, I don't. Um, I just thought he was so great. Like the whole time we watched the first time, I was mostly just focused on how darling Darla was. But this time, I was really like on the Freddy train. Choo choo. Choo choo. Choo choo. I remember like after we watched it the first time, you were like, "You love Darla. You're at the precocious child. Yeah, your favorite trope. I mean, she's still great. And like, I love how much like it just drills in, like." we're going to show you that Billy's an asshole by being mean to Darla and everyone that's instantly gets you to not be on his side as if there was any room for discussion. I, I like the, um, what is it? Strong. Um, Mark Strong playing the villain. Yeah. yeah. Dr. He, Savannah. Dr. Savannah. So like I said earlier, like we have the twist of him actually being like the villain and, he, like, goes to these, like, lengths where he, like, has a whole team of doctors studying hysteria just so he can find out how to get back into the room. Yeah. Which is also a very abrupt death for that doctor. Yeah. The one that he's, like, working with. I forgot. But, I mean, I think that's so funny that he just, however how long he was working on this, just, which is lying. Just being like, yeah, like, to what end? Wow, these no, crazy people. <laughs> Psych. They believe in a wizard, which I think this movie does the best they can with like the concept that they're working with, with this like wizard and like he has to like give over his power. Like when Billy meets him, he like calls it out, which is 
I think, a good tool for this type of movie. Um, but I just had like a little bit of feedback for the wizard. He's like really bad at his job of finding one. He had how many failed attempts? And what? It was like 40 years before he found Billy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't. It's just I'm assuming this is all a consequence of he no longer has his other wizard pals to give some constructive criticism on his recruitment methods, not only the time that it takes, but the fact that it's rather traumatizing and you've clearly scarred several children for right. life. And you created your own villain. Cre- yeah, created at least one supervillain. There, there could be more <laughs> that are holding grudges. Yeah. Um, definitely some work to be done there because I don't think I would take that very well personally. <laughs> Maybe not as bad as as Dr. Savannah over here, but... I would think it was a dream. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Uh, the other supervillains we get are the two school bullies, which, I mean, are we serious here, y'all? Some 80s movie-ass They're villains. literally kicking a disabled child They hit on him the with street. a car and then <laughs> you are kicking him on the pavement. Where are the teachers at this school? They've got a security system. Well, you know, when we were watching this, our friend Rigel kept pointing out, like, how much crime is happening in, in, this, Philly. in this specific neighborhood of Philly. Um, it's tough times. It's Christmas so time. You know, people are desperate. We can assume that while the classic high school bully villains are kicking a disabled foster child... Um, something is happening in the school. You know, there's probably a billion more of these bullies. Just like, it's just a madhouse in there. The teachers are probably in fights. Someone's getting robbed in there as we speak. Like, they don't have time to to deal with this. They're like, you leave this school, you're on your own. I mean, those bu- bullies are just, it's too much. It's too much. It, like, like, really I'm mean. saying 80s, but like, it, you know, it honestly reminds me of like, the bad guys that would be like in a Disney yeah. movie, just like comical. I mean, this does have. They're like wearing Disney leather jackets. <laughs> like, come on! They drive that big ass pickup truck. What were their names? They had like these. But even the names are too much. Like Finch. I thought no. Let me see. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I didn't know that the the guy that plays Billy, his name is Asher Angel. That those parents wanted this kid to become a child oh, actor. Man. <laughs> That's not a real name. Um, I gotta look. Uh, yeah, Burke and Brett are our <laughs> the double B's. I guess you they're know? brothers. They're supposed to be brothers. I thought they were just buds. Oh, that's sweet. Brett Briar and Burke Briar. Oh wow, quadruple B's. That's a dangerous combo. Um. Yeah. So then. Pretty quickly, oh, well, I thought that Shazam, or uh, Billy was going to abandon Freddie in that moment with the bullying. Well, he definitely thought about it. That was that was his real, uh, his turning point. That's, well, that's how he, that's, they knew he was the chosen picked. one. Yeah. The wizard's like, all right, that guy. Which, yeah, pickings really were slim if you're, if you're going by what Billy Batson has done so far. I mean... Putting a lot of faith in, like, his potential, I guess. Right. A lot of children have been, like, the chosen one potential, it seems. 
I don't. Is it just because like they haven't had a chance They're to pure do dumb heart, shit yet? I guess. It again, the recruitment methods seem reckless. Definitely a violation of some sort of child labor law. <laughs> They're like, um, this fourteen year old cannot assume the responsibility of keeper of wizards or whatever. Well, that's why they make them grow all grown up. Yes, they do. And this was that was a surprise for us when we first watched this, um, because I don't think we knew anything about the movie, let alone the character or characters. All I knew about Shazam was that it was originally a uh, Captain Marvel. DC's what? Captain Marvel was re- later renamed Shazam. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I um, did. Let me pull up the. They should have Wikipedia made that joke because they made the joke that he's a. Uh... Zapton America. Yeah. Like, what are the implications of this? Because they go through so many different names, which is a very funny trope throughout. Captain Sparklefingers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really like how this movie approached being in the DC universe because it was coming out at a time when we were we were pretty fresh off of Justice League. Still, I mean, it was like a year later. I guess still recovering. But it, it's like the acknowledging of. Batman and Superman is like the two big ones. And there's like a kid playing with a Batman and Superman action figure, like fighting right. each other. So it also but, helps. They're in a different city. Yes. Yeah. And like how many superhero movies are set in Philly? I think it's just this. Like, it's nice to have like a break from well, most, New York. Most of them are their own city. Like well, Gotham. Yeah, that's true. That's true. For DC. I mean, yeah. But like Philly's just not a city where, I feel like a lot of movies are set. They should so. be. There's so much crime, apparently. <laughs> it's constant. Um, God forbid you go to, like, Baltimore, Detroit, you know? <laughs> yeah, we could use a Baltimore superhero. Gary, Indiana. <laughs> Shout out to, uh, oh, my God, one live like in the name of the podcast. Do go on. Do go on. But also, <laughs> I'm saying that because Gary, Indiana is, like, oh, yeah. supposed to be, like, the most... Crime capital. Yeah. Um, Allegedly. Yeah, so Captain Marvel was called Captain Marvel originally. I'm trying to figure out like when it changed um, because I guess they were known as the family was known as the Marvel family. Now it's known as, as the Shazam family. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure exactly the timeline of when this name change occurred. I like Shazam. Okay. It's fun. So Captain Marvel related comics sees publishing in 1953. There was because it wasn't originally a DC property. It was from a publisher called Fawcett Comics. And DC Comics sued them for copyright infringement, saying that Captain Marvel was a copy of Superman. And then, like, 20 years after that, they licensed the rights of the character to DC. Um, oh, so it wasn't... It was the same character. Yeah, it's, it wasn't that they had two separate Captain n- Marvels. Well, there was. Wait, no, 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 no. You just said they licensed it to DC. So, in it was in 1972, the original comic publisher that was doing the Captain Marvel comics um, sent the rights to DC, and then by 1991, DC acquired the rights to the entire family of characters around Captain Marvel, but. By that time, Marvel had started doing their own Captain Marvel oh, thing. Oh, but a completely different one. Yeah. The one we know. Yeah. Ish. Um, 
So DC was like, okay, let's rebrand this because I guess they didn't want to also, get like, too into the weeds. Also, like, come on, Marvel, give, the, give Marvel the Marvel name. Right. Like, let's, let's That's calm confusing. down. And, um, yeah, well, the Wikipedia page is like, DC has branded and marketed the character using the trademark Shazam since his reintroduction in 1972. But it was only... Captain Marvel, DC's Captain Marvel, was only actually renamed Shazam when they relaunched... They did, like, this thing in 2011 called the New 52, and it, like, totally revamped all of DC's comics that they were putting out, and they didn't rename him Shazam until then. Gotcha. Which is kind of wild that there were two (laughs) Captain Marvels for that long. I just... I think I had always assumed that Captain Marvel was Marvel. Right. Of Obviously, course. like of course it would be, but like DC's just giving them free publicity. The by using the name Marvel. Right. I don't that that was a different era for comics for sure. And for obviously Marvel was not doing great. Yeah. I don't remember where I was going with any of that. Just that like it wasn't always Shazam. Oh, and I guess I was saying that that was all I knew about Shazam. Yeah. Before seeing this and that movie. it wasn't switching between a kid and an adult. Yep. I do really like how they experience his powers. Like yes. it's a little bit different than other movies. I mean, it's always a little bit the same, like the Spider-Man stuff, but like making it like YouTube videos and like he's like taking advantage of like the system kind of and getting paid and yeah. all that stuff. A successful YouTube channel. I mean, that's the dream. I also thought that there were some parallels with like you know in in the marvel side of things we're finally exploring characters like kamala khan who live in this world with well-known famous superheroes and are fans of those superheroes right, it's so very meta. really similar like a collector of these things got the batarang he's got a bullet that Had. hits superman they could have gotten that back like come well, on now shazam could have the lifted the sewer grate uh, Shazam. Yeah. Just put one of those in Shoot there. Shoot him in the face. That's what a that's a great that scene. That was bold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I I like that dynamic and it's so it's it's honestly strange seeing it in the DC universe because it's so not fleshed out <laughs> like how the public perceives the Justice League and all of them. We see them so sparingly and obviously like as recently as Peacemaker, they still exist. But I'm like, what? what's going on? Because I like to imagine that the denizens of the DC world have these superheroes, but they're, like, not active at all. They only pop up, like, every two years. Yeah, they're like, like Superman whatever. has not been seen since the events of this movie. Just chilling. And you never see his face. He wears a mask all the time now. Superman. As, at the end of this movie, our friends were like, they just couldn't afford Henry Cavill for this, could they? He's always in negotiations. It's hard to get him. I don't know what's... I mean, we've talked hard about it before, but like... Henry. You think they could have at least done something like, just give him like a one-time check. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. I want to know who played the stand-in. They're like, okay, so you're... Probably Zachary Levi. They're like, you got this thing laying around. All right, just put on the Superman suit. Like, but... he already had to get jacked for this, so they're like, just, you know, could you just walk in? Honestly, they probably did. Um... I was, like I said earlier, like, shocked that his dad was alive. Like, I had totally forgotten that part. 
Oh yeah, me too. I remembered the brother and I remembered the boardroom scene, but I thought I it I was thought just it, the brother. Yeah, I definitely thought his brother was leading it. So that's like a great twist as well. It's like, oh, like your dad didn't even die. Like Yeah. Which like in a way it's like even worse because you know that like his dad surviving that, he would just like he's never gonna yeah. forgive you. Yeah, he's had a horrible he got life. Ejected through the windshield. Yeah. So it's honestly impressive that he was able to accomplish as much as he did, like actually being able to conduct all this research and have a team of people working for him. Cause yeah. it doesn't seem like he would be stable enough to, to even hold a quote unquote job like that. Yeah. So I wasn't like mad that his dad died. No, but that was a pretty brutal scene. It was, I mean, one, he just, is it his brother instantly gets thrown out the yeah. window and we're like, oh, shit, he just, no one's saving him. No. You know that scene in the IT crowd when the president of the company just, like, jumps the out the window? No, the dad. Oh, <laughs> They're yeah. getting, like, audited and he just jumps out in the middle of a meeting. It's just that. But, you know, being ejected. What's it called when you get thrown through a window by force? Oh, he, what? there's Is a word there for it. Is there a word for that? Yes, he was defenestrated. Yes, we all right remember that Right out of that, that board. <laughs> it reminded me of that scene, um... We just watched it um, with the guy that's, like, compelled to jump off the... Oh, yeah, in the shadow? Yeah, in the shadow, <laughs> and they're just walking along. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's, like, just falling. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like, he got the best death out of anyone in that boardroom because he didn't have to get his head eaten off by a giant wrath monster. Yeah. I mean... Still not great, but... I think they could have done more with the sins. Like, we didn't see anyone being, um, like, respond... Like, acting more gluttonous or acting, like, with greed, as I've seen it be played out before. Drink, because I'm about to say, in Charmed, uh, they do this plot. <laughs> I'm shocked. But, like, it's, like, the seven sins, like, kind of go into people, and then they start acting, like, those different sins like mm -hmm. pride and all that so i thought that i mean i guess they're like just eating people to get stronger but like i wanted to actually see how the sins were manifesting themselves yeah i guess yeah yeah they were a little underdeveloped it was more just like dr savannah's minions right just like but they were really controlling him right but i agree it was a little bit they they didn't really have any personality befitting their trait except for uh envy i guess because that's how we bait out envy is by like provoking him but well i think that he could have done that to any of them yeah he just like knew how to be a bully right because billy's kind of a bully well i think it was like, <laughs> like i don't think it was specifically to... well no i think it was because he was like oh, like, they're all, like, out here, like, kicking ass and, like, you don't get to. So he's like, Ugh. Oh, yeah, like, like aren't if you it was envious like, of them? It would have been hard to do for, like, Wrath. Like, I think it was... Oh, I think he could have baited Wrath out. I think he could have done it for anybody. Yeah. But, like, that was, in my opinion, like, the most that like, we got. Like, certainly pride. Right, right. But as far as, like, tailoring specifically to the sin, I think that's the most we got, but... One of the worst... Prue episodes in Charmed. She she got pride in her, and she was well, even uh, more annoying than usual. Is that possible? It was in that episode. <laughs> um, shade at Prue. Yeah, I guess. 
Um, the Proust stands are going to come for you. One of my favorite scenes, and maybe this is the clip at the beginning, is the real estate scene where they're going back and forth with her, and she's just like, no. <laughs> like, can you not? Uh, where I they're trying to buy a layer. <laughs> on a, near a waterfall or on a cliffside. I didn't, like... I don't think I registered when we first watched this, like how much money they just stole. Cause I realized it's like kind of a victimless crime, isn't it? It, it? it is like, but I just didn't, I didn't realize cause they're like on the computer where they're playing, they're playing mortal Kombat on an and Xbox. And they have all the stuff behind Yeah. And there's them. like a billion, there's like several like Mac boxes. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, like I thought you guys just like took money from one ATM. <laughs> Aren't the parents going to ask questions about all that stuff? They're probably just like, you know what? We needed some new some new computers for the kids. Oh, what a let's great just, donation! Let's we just got let this one go. <laughs> it's not worth the trouble. I love that they have the like. I'm a foster mom. What's your superpower? I know. The that's, there's some really cute little like um, set pieces and things like that. I just love the parents so much. I'm like, that's what a what a what a great little group that they have there, and it's. Mark Strong, like, plays up, like, he's kind of, like, not quite, like, hammy, but the lines that he delivers are so funny. Like, when he walks into the foster house, and he's like, oh, this is quaint. And then he's like, actually, what a shithole when he sees all the kids right. there. And when they're, like, yelling at each other, and he's like, I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Kind of the turning point of the movie is, like, this bus scene. Yeah. Which I would say he needs some work on that. I think he did a really bad job of saving those people. Like, technically, he did save them, but you just have to imagine they're all just, like, piled on top of each other yeah, for well, so long. Yeah, of them, like, already fell onto the windshield of the yeah. bus. Like, that's... Those are some injuries. Broken jaws. Like, he could have... Obviously, he hadn't finished his training yet. Yeah. But he should have just flown up and just pushed it. He couldn't fly yet. I, I know. But he still could have done better. Yeah. Absolutely still could have done better. I, we have some notes. Not to mention that he he caused it in the first place, right. showing off for money. <laughs> uh, I mean, also, I love the hustle. One of the more underrated jokes, or at least one that I didn't, I don't know if anybody else caught, was uh, when they're like sitting on the stairs, like looking out at the city. And it's like, oh, this is a nice view. I see why Rocky worked so hard to get up here. And it's like 20 <laughs> stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that joke. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> Which now I'm just the whole plot of Rocky is just him trying to walk up the flight of steps. <laughs> Classic. My biggest criticism of this movie, and this is how I felt it, the first time we watched it too, was that I wanted more time with the kids as superheroes. Because like where we go from here is like Freddie gets kidnapped. And then they all have to go to the secret lair and then um, they leave and then they figure out, you know, how to Shazam everybody. Right. They have the fight at the fairground and stuff, which is all good. I just didn't have a lot of notes on it. But I just wanted, I just want more, like, mostly Adam Brody, even though I love the actor that plays, like, young Freddy. Yeah, no, of, of course, but it's it's Adam Brody. How, we don't get to see Adam Brody in too much stuff these days. It was a it was and a like nice perfect surprise. pairing of casting. Honestly, yeah, I I like all of the adult casting. I do. I think in the next Pedro was okay. Yeah, probably not not the best, but I think uh, 
superhero marries, it's going to be the same actor in the sequel. Because, oh, as of the course, kid and the adult. Because she's like an adult in this movie. Yeah, I wasn't sure what her power was, so I was kind of keeping track because they each have one of his powers is how I was understanding it. So, like, Eugene has the electricity, Freddie flies, Pedro is strong, Darla's fast, and then I was like, is Mary, like, bulletproof or, like, impenetrable? I don't know. Did we see it? No. Yeah. She was, like, fighting somebody, but, like, I didn't, I didn't catch what her power was. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And then there's supposed to be a seventh one yeah what's that all about so are we thinking that's gonna be like covered in shazam 2 also that's the other thing i was gonna say I, i'm assuming in shazam 2 we're gonna get to see more of them as like a, as superheroes we'll definitely see more of them but yeah i'm not sure um because the one of our friends was like pointing that out when we were watching it they're like oh like we're we're one short yeah because they they kept stressing that there was like seven the circle. yeah yeah so i don't know and they, they even, like, restated at the end, like, oh, like, six superheroes, like, saved the day. So I have no idea. I have no reference point for this group of characters to know if there's one missing. Which I'm glad. Like, it's it'll be fun to go see the second one and just not have any idea where they're going with it. Because we got a weird post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. But I, I love it. It's so bizarre. It's one of the weirdest things that I've seen in a superhero movie. It's the talking caterpillar. Yeah, I just felt like we were in Alice in Wonderland all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I also haven't watched the trailer for the Shazam. 2. I was gonna ask, is there a trailer? There is, out? but I'm surprised I hasn't played it. before a movie we've gone to see. Yeah. Maybe it'll play before Black Adam, which it we will almost certainly will begrudgingly going to see soon. You know, The Rock was a producer on this movie. Um, I thought I saw his name in the credits. Yeah, they just had him as Dwayne. Dwayne. Johnson. They didn't have The Rock no, in quotes. No. I don't even think he does that for acting anymore. I think it's oh, just really? Dwayne Johnson. Um, yeah, because I think bad. at one point he was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might be wrong. He might not have totally left it behind, but I feel like he's a... You know, he's trying to be like... When a, he's a producer. A serious guy. I think he may have originally been like the villain in this because they're never going to do it now because it's. I find it hard to believe that Dwayne Johnson is going to be like... I'm going to play the villain that really wants to kill Billy Batson. Like, that's what I want to do. Um, I, I do think... As the <laughs> nemesis of Shazam, but... We did see a trailer or a couple trailers for Black Adam, and I do think they're trying to do a similar vibe as Shazam, like a little bit more light, but like has the violence, but it's a little lighter. Yeah. There's more jokes and stuff. And obviously, like The Rock likes to do comedic stuff. Right. So, like, you know, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but... But I, I think they're trying to follow that tone rather than the Zack Snyder tone, I guess is what I'm I, saying. I think so, which is for the best. But I, I did think it was... I didn't know that um, The Rock was a producer on this until I saw it in the credits. But I also didn't realize how long he's been, like... Because I've been kind of... His whole, like, thing about Black Adam is so annoying, and people have, like, been memeing it, like, his importance to the DC universe, because he's just so vocal about it, because it's he, him. This is all he's ever wanted is to be in a superhero but movie. he's <laughs> been attached to someone... I, I wish I could find it or have it pulled up, but I'm not going to bother looking at it. I saw a Reddit comment that was, like, the amount of time that The Rock has been attached to Black Adam in one way or another, when he started, like, when news first came out that he was going to play this character. Like the first Iron Man had just come out. Wow. Or like it was, no, it was before the dark Knight had released. 
Like it was at that point in superhero movies that he was attached. And then it's just been like insane. And he just like classic DC and everyone's just like anyone else. I feel like, or a lot of other actors, not anybody would have just like let it go by now. I don't know. It's kind of like Ryan Reynolds with uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. He was holding on to that. I mean, obviously he played the character at the beginning and didn't like it <laughs> yeah, and, even, and then just held on to that yeah. concept of wanting to do it correctly for so long. Which that's even more impressive because yeah, he survived a failed attempt at adapting that everybody hated. Yeah. Um, but I mean, part of me thinks that, or at least I'm hoping that because he cares so much, black Adam won't be as bad as I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be like the same level as like Morbius but I, yeah, I don't think it's going to be like our favorite movie. Yeah. But I, I think The Rock is always enjoyable. And I think we at least always underestimate him. Like definitely before we saw the new Jumanji, I was like, this is going to be trash. The original Jumanji is a perfect film. They're just going to mess this up and make like dumb jokes the whole time. But I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Just shout out to Jumanji. Always shout out to Jumanji. Um, um, but all, all that to say, I don't know if it'll ever cross over with Shazam, but I think it I will. Thought it was cool. They are losing uh, DC characters left and right because <laughs> Lord knows again what's happening with the Flash. Um, clearly, we've all heard the news about that, that girl, girl. So she's gone. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, yeah, I think we're excited for Shazam too. At least definitely. Uh, to me, this is the most like promising thread of what we have in the DC universe right now. And they've only been making it for like five years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, which of the powers would you want to have? Well, I mean, do you want me to say them again? Uh, super speed, Mm -hmm. flight, strength, strength, electricity. Yeah, and bulletproof. And bulletproof. Or impenetrable or whatever. Well, like Freddie said, it's flight. I'm doing the electricity. Oh, you want to be able to... Okay, I'm getting to get that, that ATM, get the ATM machine. Money. <laughs> okay, you got a point. Well, we'll both... I'll take the flight, you take the electricity, and then we've got it made. Yeah, you just have to pick me up. Yeah, easy. But, like, I mean, I when, when Freddie was talking about, like, what everybody... Well, because... He was talking about how when people are anonymous, they'll say that they want to be invisible because it's pervy if they say it in front of other people. But I have no use for invisibility. I don't need that. Maybe but that's the seventh one, and we just didn't see them. <laughs> just, <laughs> they've, they've been there the whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we probably so. should have watched the trailer before we started talking about this. But this is more fun. We're going in very fresh about yeah. Shazam too. Our yeah. predictions. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's way that's more fun my that way. prediction for Shazam too. That there's a seventh invisible kid that's been there the whole time. Maybe not the whole time, but yeah. He was retroactively invisible. I mean, I think they were just laying some seeds for us. Maybe, maybe. All right. Well, um, let's uh, wrap it up here. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any other notes. I took, like, six for the entire movie again. Um, But, I mean, just once again, this was... I don't know how well this movie did financially. I feel like it didn't make that much money. I think it was well-received. I think it was well-received, but I don't... Oh, maybe I'm wrong. But... Christmas movies always do. I kind of remember 
expectations being low. Um, I don't know if that was just a DC universe thing or because of the character. I mean, the one right before this, I think was Wonder Woman. So they were off something good. 1984? No. No, the first one. It was, oh, no. We're watching them in order. I'm an idiot. It was Aquaman. So they were actually like on a decent streak right now. Um, but, you know. Well, and Suicide Squad was somewhere in there that we missed. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> ignoring that one. To me, this is just like a high point. I don't know if like a lot of the diehard DC Cinematic Universe fans, like I don't know what they think about this. Because when we finished it last night, we were like, well, this is like the tone of it, kind of, not completely. It's like targeted more, it's like a lot more lighthearted. Maybe you could say it's like more aimed at kids, which I don't know if is if that's necessarily true or not, but certainly more I than some other DC movies. I think this was aimed at kids. It's like rated PG, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I mean, just like the Dr. Savannah stuff is still like super dark, but... I, I definitely think it was geared towards kids. Yeah. It's like a family movie. Yeah. Um, it's PG-13. Okay. Standard, That's too Standard bad. superhero movie rating. <laughs> uh, what, kidsinmind.com. Skin-tight superhero suits. Uh, there's some references to sex. A couple scenes outside of a gentleman's club. Also, can't believe we forgot about that. That's the funniest shit. Because you go there earlier, <laughs> and it's like a bit of a thing. And then when it's they have to get teleported back. back, and just the scene of them like, all these kids coming out of the strip They're club. They're hiding Darla's And Darla's eyes. like, I want the glitter. <laughs> like, fucking hilarious. Great content. All right, well, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, we'll be continuing our DC Cinematic journey in a couple weeks with Birds of Prey, but we've got a lot of other good stuff coming up. And we're almost in new movie season. Um, there's been a bit of a a movie drought, but this fall we got a lot of stuff coming up. So stay tuned. And, and until next time, we, we are, are out, out of the, the superverse. superverse.